Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. it is for brethren to dwell together in unity so it is like the oil upon the beard of Aaron that ran down his garment what of God says like the dew of Hermon and that is where God commands his blessing even life forevermore this morning Lord as our hands are joined together and lifted up unto you I pray Lord I ask you to release a spirit of unity and love upon us, O oh God. Bind us together with love. Bind us together with the cords of love, oneness, and unity. My God, as married partners, my God, as families, as church family, as ministers and pastors of this work of God, my God, as even children in this house, Bind us all together with the cause of love and unity. Let the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, come upon us this morning. My God, in the mighty name of Jesus, and command life, command your anointing, command your power over us in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Last week, I talked about teamwork, and I read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, but as I got to the end part, I said to you that the Apostle Paul said that, but he will teach us a more excellent way. So today, I'm going on to the more excellent way that he's talking about. But let me begin from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 25 to 31, just to refresh your memory. Amen that there should be no schism. So he prayed that there should be no schism in the body. That means there should be no division in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Amen? When one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondly, prophets, thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, government, diversity of tongues. Then he says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Obviously, no. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But he said, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way, a more excellent thing that we should covet and desire earnestly above all the gifts of the spirit that are enumerated in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen. The best gift, the more excellent way. And so I go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 
quite a long reading, but it's a good reading. Amen. Amplified version. If I can speak in the tongues of men and even angels, please pay attention to this word. But have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for us and in us. I'm only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. There's no substance, just noise. Amen. If I have prophetic powers, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, and understand all secret truths and mysteries, and possess all knowledge, and if I have sufficient faith so that I can move mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing, a useless nobody. Even if I dole out all that I have to the poor in providing food and I surrender my body to be burned or in order that I may glory, but have not love, that's God's love in me, I gain nothing. Love endures long, is patient, is kind. Love is never envious, nor boils over with jealousy. It is not boastful or vain glorious. It does not display itself haughtily. It is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or in its own way. For it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. It takes, into, it takes no account of the evil done it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness but rejoices when it is right and truth, when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It is ever ready to believe the best of everyone. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, that is the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. Amen. Said, as for knowledge, it will pass away, it will lose its value and be superseded by truth. For our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teachings is also fragmentary, incomplete and imperfect. But when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. And so faith, these three things, hope and love abides. Amen. But he says that the greatest of all these three is love. So hope, faith, and love, the greatest is love. Amen. So the apostle is saying that the best gifts of all, the best thing that we should desire, above all the gifts, whether raising the dead, prophecy, whatever it is, is love. is the best way. Amen. And love is the unifying factor of the church. And the Apostle Paul, in speaking about the relationship between um, husband and wife, or speaking about marriage, um, put it like us unto the church. And he said in Ephesians 5, 25, he said, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. He said, husbands should love their wives as Christ loved the church. 
That means that Christ loves the church and gave himself for it, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the wash of water by the word, that he may present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So men ought to also love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loves himself. For no man ever hated his flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body and of his flesh and of his bones. So the Apostle Paul could not find anything that is akin to the love of God for the church as the relationship between husband and wife. So that's why God says that marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled. So he's saying that as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, so should husbands do likewise. So the church is loved by Christ. And when I talk about the church, I always say it's not the building, it's not the chair, it's not the instrument, it's, it's about the people, you and I. We are the church, amen. We are the body of Christ. And Christ has so loved us that he laid down his life, his very life for us. The church, we are the called out ones. Among millions of people, God has called you out, amen. It is not of your own doing that you are saved, amen. There's no difference between you and the person serving whatever, but the mercy and grace of God found you, amen. Oh, give the Lord a mighty clap offering for that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Bible says that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, a special people, that you should show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light of the kingdom of his dear son. So you are called out. Every person who is in Christ, who is part of the church, you have been separated, you have been called out from darkness. You used to be in darkness, but today you are no longer in darkness because God through Christ's sacrifice has brought you out of darkness and now the light of God you know, lives within you and you are light. Amen? Hallelujah. So the church is not a social club. So when you come to church, do not expect the benefits of a social club in the church. No. And that's where people can get, get it wrong and people get confused. Because when they used to go to Fantin Mwoku, I mean, they, it was different. It was different, you know? But this is not in Fantin Mwoku. And uh, which one? I use Fanti so that I'm safe. Me, I'm a Fanti so I can be safe. I don't want to use your own, then you get upset. The church is not a social club. Get it? So when we come to church, we are not attending a social club. The church is not an association. No. Said, I've joined an association. No. No, no. The church is not also a fan club, like Manchester United fan club or Chelsea. No. It is not. Amen. The church is the body of Christ that he has purchased by his blood. We are called out. We are the called out ones. We are the separated ones unto God himself. Amen. And the very foundation of the church is Christ himself. Amen. He's the very foundation. Amen. And the apostle Paul said that there's no other foundation that any man can lay except that which is Christ. 
Jesus is the foundation of the church. And we are building on that foundation. Amen. Are we together? Amen. And if there's anything that you ought to always keep in the, in the forefront of your mind and your thinking about Christ, is the love of God. Jesus is the love of God manifest to mankind. Jesus is the love of God, you know, revealed to us. Jesus came to reveal unto mankind the love of the Father. Because before Jesus came, the people in the Old Testament, they saw God as a God far off. The God of judgment, the God of justice, the God who brings down fire and burns those who sin against him. They didn't know him as Father. But Jesus brought the revelation of the fatherhood of God, of the love of God for our lives. And the very sacrifice of his life shows the love of God. That is why you should never get enough of John 3.16. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So deep was the love of God. And you know the love of God is unconditional. The love of men is conditional. But the love of God is unconditional. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's not, it doesn't matter who, who, know, what, what you are up to. He has set his love upon you. And he has given you this invitation to come. He said, come unto me all ye who labor and are heavy, who, who are burdened and heavy laden. Come, 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 come. He said, even though your sins be as red as crimson, they shall be as white as wool. God has an unconditional love for every one of us. And he says that he sent his son not to condemn the world, but that through him, the world might be saved. That is the love of God by which you and I were saved, by which we have been brought together into the church. So if you look at the church, you realize that the very, can I use the word cement, or the glue that binds us together as a church body is love. Amen. It is love. Amen. Praise the Lord. And our salvation is not by our works. You did nothing to be saved or to deserve the salvation or the forgiveness of God. Amen. So Paul says that, for by grace have you been saved through faith. It is the free gift of God. Amen. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So you and I, we don't have anything to boast of. We, you can't say that you are holier than somebody. That's because you are righteous that you were saved. No. All we Bible says, like sheep had gone astray, each one to his own way. But God has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. So there's none greater or higher amongst us. Amen. It is just pure, pure, pure grace. And that's why you cannot sit in judgment over somebody because you think that you can worship more than the other person. No, 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 you can't. You can't. It, it, is, it is God to, to judge. Amen? Amen. And the Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, that's what I'm talking from. He says that, wherefore, remember that in time past, you were Gentiles in the flesh. You were part of the uncircumcision. You were part of people who were not part of the household of Israel. And he says that you were without Christ, being aliens. Aliens. You were aliens. We were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, amen, and strangers from the covenants of promise. That means the covenant promise of God towards Israel, we were strangers to it. We didn't qualify to be blessed by it or to partake of it. Today we can boldly say Abraham's blessing 
her eyes. How come? It's because of the love of God that sent his son Jesus to die for us, that we may be grafted in into the, the, the family of God. Are you understanding me? So it's the love of God that has drawn you into the family of God. Praise the Lord. So now we who used to be far off, the Bible says, have been brought near unto God by his blood. And every wall of enmity, the division that was between God and us, is taken away. It's removed. So now we can call him Father. We have intimacy with God. And all is because of love. You see, it is the love of God that brings out his mercy. You know how it is when you love somebody? The person can trample on your toes and step on your feet, eat your last morsel of cake, and you'll be very cross, but you go, yes, why, or don't Because of love. When you love somebody, you are prepared to sacrifice. You are prepared to give your all and in all. And this is the depth of God's love for us. Amen. That every division, whatever separated us from God, be removed. That we should come into oneness with God. Praise the Lord. So I just, I'm just trying to get you to understand the dimension and the greatness of the love of God for, for, for your life and for us as a church body. Amen. And so right now, as the, the church whom he has purchased with the blood of his son, and that sacrifice of his son was because of love. If he through love has drawn us out of darkness, brought us in, separated us unto himself, that we may be called the children of God, and brought us together, that I have loved you with a perfect love, and I've drawn you with my loving kindness. Now come together, and you are my children, my family. How can we walk or live without love for one another? Love brought you in, but you kick against that love, it doesn't work. It won't work for, for, for us. Amen. We must be united in love. Amen. When we look at the sacrificial love of God for our lives, we must also think and also manifest or exhibit or have that kind of love towards one another. Because we don't deserve the love of God. We don't deserve the mercy of God. But God gave it to us nevertheless. And that is the same way in which your sister sitting by you, your brother next to you, or maybe two rows behind you, may not be deserving of your love, of your attention. But hey, the love of God compels us to love one another. Are we together this morning, church? Are, are you listening? Are you receiving the word? Put your hands together and give the Lord a praise. Amen. So God has raised us up together in Christ by binding us together in love. We are called to love. We are enjoined to love. And really, if you are in the church and you don't love, then I want to say that, or permit me to say that you have missed road. Because you see, when you go to a social club or an imweku, you are not, you know, um, commanded to love. See, and all that. But really, there's no love. Just gossip and backbiting and all that. It's a social club. It's all right. That's what it is. But when you come into the house of God and you are grafted into the family of God 
and you are born again, and the spirit that is in you now is the spirit of Christ, who is the Holy Spirit, whose fruit is love, there must be a difference. There should be a difference in our lives. Amen. Amen. So, Paul said to the church in Ephesus that, be ye therefore followers of God. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2. Followers of God, dear children, and walk in love, even as Christ has also loved us. So we ought to walk in love in the same way that Christ has loved us and has given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice unto God, a sweet-smelling savor. He gave himself. He said that no man takes my life. I lay it down because of his love for you and I. Amen. And Bible says that in the same way that Christ has loved us, God has loved us, we must also walk in love. We must endeavor to walk in love. And I want to, I'm using the word endeavor because, you see, some people are very unlovable, to be very, very honest. It's very difficult to love some people. You say hello, they say, hmm. You greet them, they go, don't worry, keep on. Continue. Because, you see, somebody's action should not change who you are. Somebody's behavior should not change who you are. Amen. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. He's a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And he dwells bodily in you. And so everything that comes out of you must be love. Amen. And you see, love is the greatest commandment. Let's, let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 22. The Bible says one day, a lawyer came to ask Jesus a question. It was really to trick him and to tempt him. And he said, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then Jesus added and said, This is a first and great commandment. And he added, And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as yourself. And he said, and upon these two commandments hang the law and the prophets. Amen? Love is the baseline of who God is. God is love. Amen? God doesn't have love. He is love. Amen? He said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, everything within you. And Jesus added that the second is like unto the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he says that upon these two commandments lie or hang the law and the prophets. If you look at the ten commandments, hmm, the first five is love towards God. The second five is love towards one another. Check it out. That's why he said the, uh, the law and the prophets hang on these two. Loving God with all your heart. And second, loving your neighbor as yourself. That means whatever you don't want to happen to you or whatever you don't want to be done to you, you don't do it to your neighbor. If you want the best for yourself, you must want the best for your neighbor. Amen? Whatever you want for yourself, want it for somebody else. But alas, we don't see it like that. People want everything for themselves and nothing for others. People want to be happy, but they take delight in making others miserable. People take delight in bringing people down, even in the church. 
And so sometimes somebody will come to the church and say, no, no, there's no love in this place. Because when we talk about the church, the church is a place of refuge. <coughs> Amen? It is a sanctuary. A place where you come into the, the, the peace of God. It's a place that you run for shelter. Amen? It's a place that you come to be healed. You come to be restored. When there's fire out there, it is the church that you run into and you are secured. I think it is in World War II, many people who sought refuge, sought refuge in the churches. Because if you're in the church, soldiers will not come and shoot you in the church. But now, it's a different ball game. You understand? Because everybody honored God and recognized the sanctity of the church. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, the church is the place of solace, a place of comfort, a place of you no know, restoration for us all. And we must keep that atmosphere. We must keep it for our own good. Because if you decide to bring fire into the church, that fire will burn you yourself. Because at the end of the day, that is not the will of God. Amen. I always tell the pastor that everybody who comes into the church, including ourselves, is sick. The church is one big clinic. This morning, if I should come around and ask you, what problem do you have? Every one of you will have a problem to tell me. You know, we are in the world. Jesus said that whilst you are in this world, you will have trouble. You have tribulation. But he said, but do not be afraid because I have overcome the world for your sake. Amen. Amen. There's consolation. There's, there's healing in the house of God. So we ought to love God. And as for that one, no, we, 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 we try, you know. But the problem comes in loving our neighbor. Amen. We, we love God. We profess to love God. But how about loving your neighbor? Seeing your neighbor as somebody who is so important, who is so precious that Jesus died for them. That's how you must see everybody. You think you're important. The other person is equally or maybe even more important because Jesus died for them. And as I always say, that even if it had been you alone, Jesus will still have come to die for you. That's how important you are. I said, that's how important you are. That's how precious you are. Amen. And all of us are a work in progress. None of us is perfect. Who is perfect? Lift up your hand and let me clap for you. We are not all perfect. We have our moments. We have our issues. We have our times. You are trying, but sometimes you slip small. Then you get back on track. None of us is perfect. We are a work in progress. We, we are being transformed. Our minds are being renewed as we hear the word of God. Like as I'm preaching on love today, I believe that by the time I'm done, and I pray God, that's what I prayed here. I said, God, please, when I finish this word, let the heart of your people be filled with love Amen. for you and love for one another. So I don't waste one hour just jabbering, talking. No, because I'm not talking. I'm not jabbering. I'm releasing the spirit of love into your spirit. That's what I'm doing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, clap your hands and give God some praise. So love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor, you wouldn't hurt him or her. If you love somebody, you wouldn't assassinate the person's character. You wouldn't talk ill of that person. Sometimes it's amazing the things we do in the name of spirituality. 
I discern this one is a wizard or a witch in the church. And when people say, I say, you are the first witch. Because it's a witch who sees a witch. I say it. One time, two people, two ladies were having a mighty quarrel somewhere in some branch. Oh, here. Truly. And I sat them. That's what was the issue. That one of them said this, one said that. And then I found the last, you know, the baselines that one had called the other a witch. I said, oh, so you say she's a witch. Then she was like, eh, you know, and I said, don't, don't, don't worry to talk. You are also a witch. What's who you be for, papa, papa, papa? Or you be for, what's who you be for? Me catch your money. Mumi and Yamuya be for. They were like, mama. I said, yes. Be for no one in Yonku be for. Who made you a judge in this house? What is your level of discernment? What do you know? That's what the apostles said. Whether prophecies, they will cease. Tongues, they will cease. We know in part, and we prophesy in part. Sometimes you can have a dream, and you see somebody, and say, hey, this person. But do you, are you sure that's the interpretation of your dream? Tell somebody, calm down. You see, because somebody can also look at your nose and say, ah, this nose... It belongs to the witchcraft clan of, let me use a, a town, a town that's coming to my mouth, Atebubu. Atebubu, yeah, It just, you know, preachers, we, we, we talk. But you see, somebody can also look at the way you walk and say, your walking looks like you are walking backwards with your heel in front and your toes behind you. That is what I discern about you. What will you also say? You understand? Nitpick, nitpick, nitpick in the house of God. Tell somebody shame on you. I didn't say it. To, tell somebody shame on you. My husband can't tell his mother alone shame on his thought. Tell general. <laughs> we must dwell in the spirit of love. When we come to church or we come together, after all the problems that there were higher in the world, when we come to the house of God, that is where we should be healed. That is where we should be revived. That is where we gain strength to face the world out there. That is where you receive an encouragement from somebody. That's where you receive a word, a smile from somebody. And it just picks you up. Some years back, I went to a conference with Pastor Araba. We went all the way to Scotland for this um, school. It was a conference. It was a healing school. And it's a prophetic and healing school. And so we booked the conference and were there three days was powerful. It was great. But what I loved about it is that any time you went into the washroom and let's say you're washing your hands, then somebody will come, oh, hello, where are you from? And I say, oh, I'm coming from London, but actually, I'm from Ghana. Then they'll say, oh, you know, the word of the Lord I feel coming up in bubbling up in my spirit is this. And they'll give you a word. And some will, no, I mean, and at that time, I was in one of my lowest times of my life. So, Every little you know, opportunity, I said, Pastor, I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> I'm just was wondering, what's wrong with it? But I always meet somebody who says something encouraging. It was either a word of prophecy, a word of encouragement. At that time, I was sick. My feet looked like bread, swollen. I have the pictures. And I said, I'm taking pictures so that one day when I testify, I'll put it on the screen so you see where God has brought us from. Listen. The church should be a place of consolation. 
I want you to change your heart today. I want you to change your attitude today. I want you to be a person filled with love and, and show love. Be loving. It doesn't cost much. Let the love of God dwell richly in you and let it emanate out of you. Listen, not only in church, in your home, in your marriage. You see, everybody needs love. Even if you have a dog, you know how dogs love to be loved? I love dogs. And I'm putting an application for a dog for my birthday for my husband as I speak. I love dogs. <laughs> and so the cute, the, uh, uh, let me be specific. And so the cute, fluffy ones, you know, yeah, Pearl, you know, yeah. The white ones, thank you. Mm-hmm. I love dogs because I realize that dogs are so lovable. If you really treat a dog well, I mean, they are so loving, their expression, their eyes, they are so loving. Even dogs want love. How much more human beings? Love one another. Amen. The reason why most people's marriage is acidic is because there's no love or there's no show of love, whether verbal or, you know, in action. You, I mean, what does it cost? Some of us never tell your children you love them. Your children are not sure whether you love them or you don't love them or you love somebody more. Listen, it doesn't tell your feelings. Oh, but I love you. You are my child. How can I not love you? I want to hear that you love me. Is it love? How can it be that yourself. But the Bible says, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of the other. You see, so if we continue to bite one another in your home, in your family, in church, a time comes when the whole house, the whole family is consumed. Amen. That is the end result. But when we love one another, we strengthen one, one another, and we grow and we increase. And it's better. A kingdom divided against itself will not stand. Amen. One of the reasons why people fear our friends who strap things on them and they go boom. I don't want to mention their name. Is because they are committed to whatever they are committed to, even though it doesn't make sense. They love whatever they say they love. Amen. And that thing they do, as wrong as it is, it's, it's, a, it's a test or the manifestation of their love. 
They do it freely. But it's surprising. It really surprises me that the church, rather, which is built on the foundation of Christ, who is love, we, we rather don't manifest such love. It's like each to his own. And that is why the world sometimes will judge the church. Because sometimes people find more love among all kinds of groups than in the church. I think a few months ago, I was talking to a young man who had been in such a certain lifestyle, say he's changed, he's stopped. But then the church that he's going to won't accept him. He's tried, they say go for this, he's going to do this, but still. But he said to me, Apostle, where I'm getting love from, where I'm getting support from now, is the same place I'm coming from. If you, you are in what would you do? Thank you. You don't know what somebody is going through in church. And you can't say it's not my business. You haven't seen somebody in church for three weeks, a month, and you sit there and say, eh, Oba, sorry, You don't know what the person is going through. What does it cost you to check up on the person? My brother, my sister, I haven't seen you in church for three weeks. Is everything okay with you? That is love. But we don't care. But the day the person comes to church, hey, my boba, so moe chenakai. Hey, o tashiani, o fe neke, kene, neke, 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 neke. That's not what you do. That is not love. Amen. We are so impatient with one another at the car park. <clears throat> Let me speak for the people in the car park. When we are parking our cars, and the gentleman there, look at this hot sun. We are, you know, chillaxing this air-conditioned room. Father, help my message to be short. And they are out there in the sun, just waiting for you to come, to help you park your car nicely, to watch over your car, to keep it safe for you. Uh-uh. When you come and say, Madam, can you please, hey, don't tell me what to do. Do you know who I am? Come on, thank Madam, I won't park anywhere. Where I park is where I park. I will move my car. Hey, that is abuse. It's called church abuse. <laughs> car park attendance in church abuse. They are not being paid, though. It's voluntarily. They are doing it for the love of Christ. Get to the door. Abby wants to scan you. Hey, don't put out your scan on me. Have you, have you, have you used a disinfectant or bacteria wipe on it? Don't touch me with it. Hey, she's doing her job so we can all be safe. You get the usher says, um, Master, please sit in this chair. That is not my chair. You know my regular chair? <laughs> I bought a seat, two rows from the front. I paid for it. It's my chair. Take me there. Won't sit anywhere else. Cause commotion at that. You know, spoil somebody's day. Spoil the people who are coming after you's time. This is church. Nobody has paid for any seat. If I were buying these chairs, I was tempted to say everybody buy a seat. I said, uh-uh, to bring trouble. People will mark it. I said, that is my seat. No. Wherever you sit is the same, it's under the same anointing. The same cloud. You know, I, 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 I know that we are creatures of habit. So, if you sit in a particular area, your, your spirit always wants to sit there. It's fine. But don't make a huff and a puff and a hustle over it. If that day you come and somebody is in your regular space, 
you know, just let it go. Amen. Let, let, let's be accommodating of one another. Especially to the people who serve in the church. People are serving. You are also serving. You know, in your service, nobody comes to harass you. Don't harass somebody also in their service. Amen. That is how we must all tamper ourselves. We must walk in the spirit of self-control. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not unmannerly or rude. Doesn't bear record of wrongs. Last week you did this, so this week when I see you, you will see. That is all love. But we are doing it in the church. You did this to me three months ago. I smiled at you. You looked away. So from that day, when I see you, I'll give you burn your face. You know, burn your face. Like that. But maybe you didn't know that that morning, that person had received bad news from somewhere. So the person is down. So you are smiling. The person is not even seeing. All the person is thinking about is their issue. Let us be patient with one another. Tell somebody to be patient with me. The fruit of the spirit is love. Amen. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. The fruit of the spirit. I tell you that there's a difference between gifts and fruits. If I take this glass, here, I, I gift it to you. Take it. It's free. You just got it. But if you need to get a fruit, you must plant a seed, watch it grow, water it, it germinates, it brings forth fruit, it's a harvest for you. So it's more difficult to cultivate fruit than to receive gifts. And that is why with me, I'm not very impressed, overly impressed with gifts. Because no matter your gifting, your spiritual gifting, if there's no fruit, and the fruit is the character, if there's no character to it, your gift stinks. It just stinks. Paul said it. He said, if I could speak with the tongues of angels and I don't have the character, the fruit of love, I'm like a noisy gong gong, a clanging cymbal. If I can prophesy, I know all mysteries. I see you, I see what, everything about you. And I don't have love. And I don't even prophesy in the spirit of love. Said so I am useless. If I give my body to be burnt, which is a real big sacrifice, and I do it for vain glory, that people will know that no, 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 I gave myself to be burnt, to get a name for fame. It doesn't please God. So in this house, if you are serving so that people will see that you can serve, forget it. You get your reward here on earth. But we are not serving God for reward here on earth, even though He will reward us. But we are serving God because he has loved us. He has sacrificed for us. And we want to serve. We want to please him. Amen. And if he rewards us, fine. If he doesn't reward us, we will still serve. Amen. Because we owe it to him to serve. Amen. So we must bear the fruit of love. And once the Holy Spirit is in you, it's easy to allow the fruit of love to come forth through your spirit. Amen. We will walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. You see, flesh people walk according to the dictates of their mind. Okay? People who are led by their flesh, they are still operating under their old self, their old character, their old way of behaving, their ways. They are still there. They haven't changed. 
all that they have done is they have attached Christ or Christian to their LinkedIn profile. That is it. But no change has come. Amen. But the wonderful chapter of Romans chapter 8 declares that therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. That means that there's a differentiation among believers. There are some believers who are walking after the flesh. They are flesh believers. They are controlled by their carnal self. They do what pleases them, not what pleases God. Carnality, flesh. And those are the immature Christians. And they are the ones who give most trouble in church. They are immature, but they think that they are mature. The reason why a lot of people can't stand you is because you don't demonstrate love. But if you are loving, it's very difficult to resist love. Like back to the dog issue. When your dog is looking at you fondly and wagging his tail and you dress up, you don't want to pick the dog up. But because of how he's behaving, you will pick it up. Amen. Praise the Lord. We, we, we are living in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And he is the spirit of love. Jesus said that a new commandment he gives us that we should love one another. My earnest prayer for us, church, is that this year, 2020, a year of liberty, a year of the freedom to prosper, will find us, you know, living with a heart of love towards God, loving God with everything we are, and then loving one another. I want to close with two scriptures. First John 2, 8 to 11. I'm coming home, you know, to what it really means when you don't love your neighbor. So again, a new commandment I write unto you. Which thing is true in him and in you? Because the darkness is past, and true light is now, now shineth. He that say that he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness even until now. And he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. If you hate your brother, you are in darkness, are not in light. But if you love one another, then... It means that you are in the light. So if you say you love God and you hate your sister, and when I say your brother or your sister, I'm not talking about your brother or your sister, you know, in downtown Chicago. I'm talking about... you are a liar. Read my lips. I'm not insulting you. But that is what the Bible says, okay? Because it says, how is that he does not love his brother whom he sees? You see your brother with your eyes and you don't love him. And then you say you love God whom you cannot see. There's a song. Or says, reconciliation in homes in families in marriages and in this house amen let's be reconciled one to another a new year so much is promised us this year but hatred dissension strife disunity will cheat us will rob us of what really belongs to us amen he said that he who loves god also loves 
his brother. Amen. Go to verse 21. Go to 21 up there so they can read it. Yes. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God loves his brother also. Your brother, your sister is not perfect. No, 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 no. If, if they were perfect, they will be you. Because you are perfect, obviously. They are not perfect. But that's what you got. So you love them with their, um, all their stuff. There's a song that when I was in London was always playing. It played so much on the radio that I started to hum it. And my daughter said, Ma, watch your coffee. There was a song by this guy, what's his name? I love your imperfections and your whatever. Daniel, help me. What are you pretending? Eh? Not, not John Leonard, the other one. You see, now you are trying to be. So I, I love all your perfect imperfections. Yeah. John Lennon. Oh, okay. Thank you. See, I didn't know. Legend. Uh huh. So I love even your perfect imperfections. <coughs> and this is a person of the world. Says so that all your. <coughs> all your. And all your edges, all your perfect imperfections. I tell you, I was humming it, and Mama said, Ma, watch your kuba. What say? Have to take you back. Because <laughs> the radio was always on. No, I do. You keep on hearing something. <coughs> but you see, we must love one another, even our imperfections. Amen. You are not perfect. I'm not perfect. We come together. God helps both of us. We, 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 we are gradually coming to the place of perfection. Maybe I may never get to where you want me to be, but take me like that. Tell somebody, please take me like that. Look at somebody's face. That is literal English. Take me as I am. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, give the Lord a mighty clap offering. I'm finishing now. And the worst part is that the Bible says that anybody that hates his brother does not love his brother is a murderer. That's serious. Let me show you. First John 3. Go there, please. I want you to see this for yourself so you can make wise decisions and choices as to what you want to do. See, so we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hereby we perceive the love of God because he laid down his life for us. That's how we know God loves us, okay? And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. The brethren means church. But whoso has this world's good and see that his brother has a need and shattered up his bowels of compassion from him, how does the love of God dwell in him? You see your brother is struggling. You're not helping him. And you say you love God. How, how, what are you talking about? You know, my children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed. I close on that one. I close on that one. I close on that one. Let us love one another, not in words only, but in deed. Let us be kind-hearted towards one another, compassionate towards one another, forbearing with one another. Let us be patient with one another. Let us help one another. It should not be that we come to church, we are going home, and somebody is hungry, doesn't have a penny to go and eat, and you are happy. 
go your, your merry way. I mean, if you open your spirit, God will give you, you know, an, a, a discerning or something, an intuition that, mm, one day somebody told me something. Said she saw somebody and she just realized, mm, this guy, or the height. And she didn't want to offend, but she went and said, oh, brother, I just want to bless you. The next week, the brother said, listen, you don't know what you did last week. Bowels of mercy. Bowels of compassion. Let us love one another. Love. If you don't love one another and you sing, you are making noise. And we didn't come here to listen to noise. We'd have gone to um, work, uh, to listen to whatever. But we came here to minister unto God and to be ministered to. You understand? That you lead us to minister unto God. So love one another. Forgive one another first. If anybody stepped on your toes, forgive the person. It was painful, but hey, you still got your toes. If they cut your toes off, you still got your life. Amen. Love one another. Put away the past. We don't live in the past. That's why God didn't put eyes behind your head. So I can keep on looking behind you. He put eyes in front. So I can go forward. As I said, some people are very unlovable. But you must find your own peace within yourself. And decide that as for me, I'll do right by God. I'll do right by God. It is the fruit that the Spirit of God helps us to bear. May the Lord help us. And may the Lord bless us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's word. Connect with us on our website, www.tlgm.org. Get interactive with Apostle on all social media platforms at Apostle Leanne Coffey.